You're listening to Reflections, a soul music podcast with Jamie and Ash, where we discuss the classic albums with the classic songs. We are back. We are Yay. back. It's been long. <laughs> it's been long. I think it's been two months, Ash. Yeah. It's been long, but we are back. Welcome to another special episode of Reflections Music Podcast. This is our 10th. Hey, lots of A's going on. This is our 10th. And this is a really special. I think we saved a really good one for the 10th. Definitely. Definitely. Excellent. Iconic album, actually the more and more I think about it, not just personally, but just in, in general, it really is a, I think it's a seminal moment in the, uh, in the Neo soul scene, so to speak. And I feel like it, it kind of, it kind of set a template for what, for what the sound is supposed to be mm-hmm. to a certain extent from a production. So it's like, if you look at some of the things that we've we've done already, when you're, when we listen to the D'Angelo album, the Maxwell album, and the and the Bardu album, the Trinity, so to speak, um, and we hear the differences in production choices in those three albums, and there's no kind of clear, clear sort of um, connector. There's nothing, not no kind of clear sound, clear instrument that really joins the dots. I feel like what some of the production choices on this album just show will then kind of show up again and again and again on the albums that we kind of go through and listen to. Um, and probably the reason why the scene eventually kind of loses its momentum and loses its, its, its prominence because it, it all does start to sound a bit the same really. But I guess you could talk about that for most genres of music, right? Yes. There's a, a pivotal moment where this new sound comes and it's great and it's exciting um, and you get some really amazing projects and then somewhere and you don't even realize it, it all starts, starts sounding similar and mm-hmm. we're actually without realizing it. You're, you're actually waiting for the next evolution and you're, yep. you're waiting for the new thing to come. You're absolutely right. And I, and I blame Philadelphia for that, but we're going to get into <laughs> all that. Um, so if you don't know, the album that we're talking about is who is Jill Scott words and sounds volume one. Um, this album I keep flip flopping. I keep going like this is her best work. Then some days I prefer the second album, and then I go back to this album. But this is the one that's this is the iconic one, as Ashley said. It's amazing. Um, recorded uh, over two years, ninety nine and two thousand, at a touch of jazz studios. I have to mention them because that studio they're all over it because they're all over it. And like I said, I blame them for a lot of shit. Um, <laughs> uh, the release date was released in July 18th, 2000. Uh, the label was Hidden Beach, uh, which is an indie, uh, but it was distributed by Epic, which is part of Sony at the time. Mm. Um, writers on the album, I'm just going to say Jill Scott and then the collective known as A Touch of Jazz. Um, they're responsible for pretty much, I think, 99% of the production as well. Um, and they're a collective put together by DJ Jazzy Jeff or Jeffrey Towns is his uh, given name. 
um yeah this was a uh, wild to me at the time because up, up until yeah up until this album came out i just thought he was um not just um jazz from fresh prince of bel-air like the idiot friend but i just thought he was like a dj basically i didn't realize that he got involved in actual proper music with proper bands and he's a bit of a bass player i didn't know any of this so this was this this exploded my brain when i realized that. what finding this out now or no, finding it the out time. then at the time okay cool oh, not yeah. now. if i didn't know now then <laughs> i should should hand in my uh my podcast card um but yeah just it blew my mind at the time um because the musicianship on this album is amazing um and um the reason why it's got such a uh, uh i think uh, such a luscious sound and we'll get into it is the fact that they're not just a production team it's like they're a band they're a set of musicians and it's the and it's a band and that's i think that's the flavor you get throughout the album that and like i said we'll get into it um obviously i listened to uh jill scott there on the quest Lab podcast and she was talking about the time when a lot of these songs were recorded at the time or written and uh yeah you do get that sense of that whole band feel and you know very organic not just a, a producer it's not just a, a one producer's sound it's a sound of a band you know so mm. it's cool um it's sold it went two times platinum in two times platinum in the US there we go, there we go. and uh, it was gold in the UK it was not bad not bad showing no that's a good effort that's a really great good effort, effort. and uh, peaked at number 17 in the US pop charts and number 2 in the US R&B charts which is probably standard that's probably I don't know I didn't go back and check what was actually number 1 at the time and in the US R&B but that would be interesting to know in 2000 I'm thinking no, I can't think right now, but something, some kind of generic R&B, I reckon, if I'm, mm. if I'm, if I'm hating. <laughs> or it could no, have been 2000, could uh, have been... Destiny's Child, could have been J-Lo. Destiny. Could have been, that's why I said generic. <laughs> 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 no, I like Destiny's Child, uh, J-Lo. Ashanti, maybe. Ashanti, yeah, exactly that. Exactly, yeah, all those kind of things. Mm. Anyway, Ash, let's get into the singles. Um, there's a yeah. lot to talk about here. So... The first single uh, released, um, in fact, the internet are saying that there was another single released first off this album, but I believe that's not that's not true. And even if it is true, I'm going for the one I heard first and um, the one that's got the video. So getting in the not way. Not true then. It's getting in true. the way. Um, yeah. I, 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 will, I will say it now. There was, a, there was another single before this. There was, right? This, this wasn't the first one that this that kind of this wasn't was that it? was put out there. Like this was probably this is the first like proper official clean release. But like the time that this came out, we were in a time when you go to DJ shops and you pick up records, mm-hmm. and DJs on the radio are playing stuff as well, and that is your your way of finding out things and hearing things. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there was definitely another single that was about first that didn't get a load of traction and didn't get a load of mentions for good reason because it's not the strongest track in the world but i think the 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 collaboration of having most most deaf on that track was the reason why that was the first single or the first track that kind of went to radio to just put some feelers out there and 
and get it out to a certain extent. And so, so there's this whole marketing thing. Sorry, Jay. Mm-hmm. Like, so I remember going into the record shops and seeing the flyout. Right. And the flyout was, who is Jill Scott? And it's exactly the same as the album cover. You can't see the face, mm-hmm. really. You get half of this hat and mm-hmm. the bottom half of the face. Who is Jill Scott? It is one of the amazing marketing campaigns of of the time and of my memory anyway, because I was like, right, who is this person? Like, and you know, you don't have, we're not in an age of YouTube and, you know, Google as much where you can just literally jump on and find everything you need to find. It's all about magazines. It's all about radio and it's all about the box and MTV base and, and that where you don't get to pick what's coming on. You just got to wait and see what, what they're sending you. So, there wasn't an easy way to find out who this was. You just heard it and you liked it or you were caught by the voice and caught by what they were doing. And that love rain single, uh, it's, it's very much a lot of what this whole album is about blurring the lines between spoken word and singing soulfully. Um, like that track really brings a lot of that out. And on an album where there aren't really any guest artists on it, at all it's pretty much her all the way through i think it, i feel like it is most, yeah most is the only kind of exactly guest collaborate and this is a remix of the track anyway right, right. so it, it, again i would imagine someone thought right let's just put this out there on a white label records not makes a load of noise about it but let's just get it out there so it's there and thereabouts and let's add to this kind of mystique around who is Jill Scott and and what is she and what is it all about? And at least with that most deaf cosign, we we're giving her that, you know, that credibility, so to speak, of of someone. And then really, unless, you know, you were at the root shows and you you had the background knowledge of what she did with the roots, otherwise you probably wouldn't really know. And I and I feel like it'd be the same with Angie Stone. Like, and let, even if you were going to the D'Angelo gigs, like, until the media fed you the message that she was D'Angelo's BV and baby mother, you wouldn't really have known it. And I think it's the same with Jill Scott. Like, that all started to come out afterwards and, and as it moved on. But, um, yeah, marketing brilliance from my perspective on this album, which played into it. Um, and, yeah, it... it it worked because I was caught up and I guess, you know, again, you're talking about the image of a, of a woman that, you know, wasn't, wasn't regularly put out there like that, you know, um, a big, bigger woman with an Afro, like, yeah, it, it wasn't the norm. It wasn't the norm. No, so definitely. They, um, uh, they played it the way they need to play it. Um, and you couldn't, you couldn't hate on it in any way, shape or form because once you got into the music and then you found out who she was, you, you already sold by the music. Not to say that there's anything wrong with that, but unfortunately we live in a fickle world where, where image comes first or, you know, people judge books by their covers and people might have judged that book and not gone down that road with yeah. it. Not, yeah. not into it much, unfortunately. Yeah, I hear you. There was a lot of mystery uh, surrounding uh, this, uh, <laughs> surrounding Jill Scott um, when she first came out. Definitely, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know who she was, literally until I saw 
the getting in the way video. And um, about the Love Rain, like I knew that's why it was like a soft release, but I don't like that song. I just didn't want to talk about it. Yeah, no, no, no. And, and, and again, that's why I'm not talking about the song because literally all there is to talk about the song is the combination of spoken word and, and singing and, and most on the remix. Like, we could talk about the yeah. content, but yeah. we could talk about the content in other songs. I was thinking, like, why would they choose that song? But then when you think about like it is the is the mixture of the spoken word which is what she is kind of what she is isn't it so if you want to sort of give people a flavor of what's to come maybe that's a good example but as a song i'm it's i just not feeling it it's a skippable one it's definitely, definitely. it definitely gets skipped so yeah. getting in the way ash mm. released length 11th of november 2000 written by scott and vidal davis one of the um one of the guys from a t- the uh, Touch of Jazz, um, he went on to make uh, the duo, the production duo, uh, Dre and Vidal, who worked with Music Soul Child, uh, Flow Tree. They're the ones who did Say Yes. Banger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Everything came through that. Love that. Um, let me see. Uh, I haven't got a chart in for the pop charts, US pop charts, but R&B, number 28 and number 30 in the UK. So not bad, Ash. This not bad tune at all. Here, I think it's a it's a great intro to um to an artist, um especially the way I saw it as well um on the box or box or MTV so whatever I can't remember but definitely on TV I saw the video I saw her and like you say it's not a, the image of a woman that you, you that you're used to seeing because you you mentioned some names earlier like Desi's Child Ashanti. That's kind of what we're getting getting on, on on TV a lot. Those kind of artists, artists that look like that, and then you get this this woman here, this bigger woman, and she's just sassy, sassy as all hell, and she's got this voice, and um, it sounds it's got like a again, it's one of those it's one of those ones in neo soul where the the voices that you get aren't really what you, you're hearing in the mainstream, in mainstream R&B. And it, again, it's just, it instantly attracted me to her. Um, and the song, it's got that, <laughs> that that percussive instrument. I think it's called the Guero, that that you hear. Oh man, it just kills it. And it's just, it's right through the whole track. And I'm just, it's just, as soon as I hear it, I just want to listen to it and play it over and over again. And um, I just think this is, a great intro into who she is as well like just that whole sassy thing it, it, like we talked we spoke about in the Lucy Pearl album um, with Dawn Robinson and Don't Mess With My Man and this is almost like like another version of that it's just it's just really cool funny as well um, it's just it's just great it's a great intro to her um, I mean it doesn't we don't get the whole poetry thing but that, that come later but I think you can hear in the lyrics the way the way she constructs her lyrics, I think you can hear that a lot, a lot of that stuff was to come. So I love this tune. It's a great tune. Yeah, this, the storytelling, um, the way she kind of puts it all together, builds it up is, um, yeah, it's, it's really brilliant and very clear, very, um, you know, you, you know, you, you get those people that do these really like smart and intelligent lyrics that are, and you like that mean something else that doesn't mean in your. Well, you you work out what it means. It's yeah. just what it means to you. It's my art. 
you take what you mean from they usually, they usually dress it up by saying oh metaphors metaphors yeah. there you go metaphors like, it's like that makes no sense to me dude but this is straight to the point and it's real like it, it's real like a lot of this album is about real messages and real stories mm-hmm. and real people and you know again there are those people that do hang on after they've let someone go and then they've seen them with someone else and they want to find out what's going on and they want to get back involved or you know like there are plenty of people out there have had those experiences and they are very real and the way she breaks it down is yeah it's fantastic and it's funny and it's and and yeah i'll just go back to it real like i love the way the the use of the horns and they're kind of it's like a Blue, an old bluesy jazz horn line mm-hmm. rather than kind of something that's 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 more more current so some of the other songs in the album have a more recognizable horn line or use of horns but this one is like yeah and it, it and again it takes you it shows part of the character that she or her influences this is a a sarah vaughan ella fitzgerald influenced artist and yeah absolutely so those influences aren't just going to be shown in the way that she sings and delivers her vocal but they're also going to be delivered subtly in the production and then it can be and then it's given it's you know it's it's where we're we looking 40s 50s yeah blue jazz yeah that's where we're looking at. given a given a given a 2000 mm. remake or revamp reproduction um, and it helps just build the track really, really nice. And again, just that little that little whacker. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's just there. I know. All the way through. It's so simple. It's nothing so complicated. It's and so it's good. just there and it just keeps it moving, keeps it driving. Um, it's funny, I, I don't really remember the video at all. Like I, I oh, think seriously? I purely Yeah, I think I purely got into this tune from the album and just okay listening to the album um and going out and getting yeah it. then um I, I think you had the better experience then because in on the album you have the um you have the uh the poem the, before the interlude beforehand the interlude with, which, which sets it up oh man it's great and which is the yeah. other brilliant thing about these this album and the start of this album the 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 way the album starts with these interludes uh, and we'll go into it a little bit later but her interlude and storytelling again just joins up the album in a way that I don't think had been done before, um, and, and and because I don't think anyone had taken spoken word and poetry into a project like this. Uh, again, if I'm wrong, someone please like leave some comments and point me in the direction of other people that had done it before this. But I think her as an artist owning it and being the main attraction and using spoken words in her music um yeah was was brand new and it showed her character showed it was a funny story and it led on into the song brilliant because yeah like the the interlude ends right 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 waka yeah waka. yeah and it just comes in and mm-hmm. it just and then the big horn bomb bomb mm-hmm. like yeah bad tune yeah bad tune yeah, and, and like... the video is cool as well like the video is great um but yeah i just wanted to mention that wasn't my yeah my intro no that's that's cool because it's like um for me it's like i discovered it twice because 
having my, my first experience is the video, then you, you, buy, you buy the album and then you get that interlude and then you're just like, shizzle. That is, that take, for me, it just took, took it up a notch because the way she, something about, it's not, obviously her writing is good. Like when she writes the poetry, right, it's good, but it's the way, it's her delivery, her voice, the way yeah. she, it's, it, it really pulls you in. And yeah, sets up sets up the picture li- nicely. It's it's great. And then, like you say, and then the music comes in, and it's just yeah, it's just beautiful. Great, great, great song. And you know, it's a great song because you listen to it. I have listened to it, been listening to it all week, and I'm just like, it still it still holds up. Yeah. And that's how you know. And that's how you mm. know. All right, my man. Second release. This came out sometime in 2001. I don't know. Internet's like tripping. I don't know. Sometime in 2001. <laughs> Sometimes after this one, after the last one. Anyway, this is A Long Walk written by Scott again. And this time the other half of Dre and Vidal, uh, Andre Harris, um, produced by uh, Andre Harris and Vidal Davis. Um, US pop chart placing is peak position 43, number nine in the R&B charts and number 54 in the uk so did better in the states but worse here this one um i'll let you go i spoke first on the last one i'll let you go on this one first ash yeah to me um probably the more obvious choice of an opening single but i'm glad that they didn't do that because it's it is a nice song and it's lovely and it's and it's a bit airy fairy to a certain extent and gives you a good introduction to her character but i like the fact that they chose to go with getting in the way first because it it, it shows you the, the edge to her character in getting in the way which kind of helps differentiate her from other artists in in the sector um whereas long walk is exactly what you would expect from a neo soul artist in 2000 um and before and, and after that, it it's a nice song. There's I really love the way the songs build up. Like all of these songs, they start off really nice um, and subtle. And with her singing really softly, one of the things she's amazing at doing is using her voice to to really show character and passion and anger and just really building with the song um, and able to to show off how much she's got to give. And I think this song's a great example of that because it really does build up all the way through and, and she works with the track really well. Um, where it just, uh, yeah, just kind of builds to this massive crescendo, cuts down, and then just comes straight back in at the end again with another full-powered mm-hmm. couple of choruses. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, loving the wordplay. Uh or maybe we could just chill and maybe eat some passion fruit or go, you know, the way she's dropping those lines again, it's, it's the spoken word. It's, it, you know, again, it's like rapping, but she's using these words, but she's singing them and she's just got this perfect combination in the word delivery, which just, you know, mm. sounds amazing. Really sounds amazing. And it's a lot of people's favorites. It's amazing live as well because yeah. it, it just it, it builds so well. Mm. Um, really warm. Um, so a lot of what I, I started off the podcast talking about this signature sound. These these warm Fender Rhodes keys with light percussion and yeah. and that 
a really absolutely a base that isn't as it's not like a full live bass like it's really it's a really produced bass where it's a lot softer and not really bouncy even though in some tracks it does bounce a bit like it's very lo-fi so mm-hmm. to speak and just sitting under there and, and kind of building up a nice nice little extra electronic synth type sounds going on here and there nothing too crazy yeah. but just little things that just add to the whole composition of the track so it doesn't even though it feels like a band's written it it's it's really produced and it's very well produced as well but it it doesn't have that that same kind of live feel that the trinity had in their albums no. like it's it, no. and and that's where i think that that's where i think the scene moved to um it moved to this more produced which is probably easier to make and easier to create sound as well and easier to knock out um but yeah th- this song kind of embodies a lot of that mm. um but yeah really nice really nice tune yeah for years this one was my favorite for years um that's kind of changed uh, changed recently but um yeah i love this I, I agree with a lot of what you say um I just, I, because we said a lot about the song, so I'll just talk about what what I got from it. Because again, it's one of those ones that I I um, it was after this one which I when I decided to buy the album because I was like, oh, I think um, I think it's time now because uh, that's two songs in, and then there was something about the way she's they filmed her, the way she shot, she just looks so beautiful. But like in the most unconventional way for 2000, 2001, right? Like we were saying before. But it just goes to show like, the it's not just sort of, it's not like, it's like oh, she's like natural and it like in that kind of cliche way. It's just the more she's natural in the fact that they've, they filmed her just like she's wearing like her everyday garbs. Not like, it's not like, maybe it's, carefully constructed by the um the stylist but it just looks so natural like in the first video she's wearing like a just a jean shirt a denim shirt that's all she's wearing right yeah and this one she's wearing like a nice just floaty dress and it's just something natural about it and then she's got that natural beauty as well with the afro and that that great smile she has mm. and it's just shot really nicely and and video just really complements the song you know what i mean it's got that sort of like just got that nice groove it's like the bass groove it's just it's just a nice just a nice groove the kind of kind of groove you want to take a long walk with your love with your with your lover right so yeah. it's really cool and it's got and it and it like the, the bass sits nicely with the drums and it's got like like you say those that those like little bit those synth lines those there's like this this sitar that one throughout the whole thing right it's just going it's just going and he just like it just gives it that sort of like that walk-in it's just like that constant, consistent move and groove. It's, yeah, I love this one. And yeah. what I love about it as well, again, it shows, this one shows uh, another part of her vocals as well. Different, how she goes from like really light and airy to the end choruses where she jumps up an octave and just does the chorus an octave higher. And it just like backward power as well. Like, it's just, it's just like, whoa. And I, what I love about that is well, it just goes to show you don't have to do crazy ad libs all the time to take a song to the next level. Like she just yeah. jumps up an octave and does sings the same line that she sang in all the other choruses, just an octave higher, and it kills. 
it kills it. So yeah, yeah. I think this is the song as well. Like I, I was listening to to Jazzy Jeff talking um, mm-hmm. about it all, and I think he, if I'm right, he gave her a load of load of songs when they were first meeting, mm-hmm. or first talking, loaded demos to just take away and just have a listen and and see what what you come up with. And yeah, this was one of the songs. This was the song that she came mm. back with, um, and it kind of went from there. Basically, that's where the relationship came, and it grew and it blossomed into the album that we have, basically, and that we're we're talking about. It's um, a really amazing moment. Yeah, in career. Just a just a quick interlude before we, we before we uh, carry on, Ash. So on that uh, podcast, Request Love when he's talking about her origins, like where she started, how it started. Do you believe when she says that she'd never written a song before, before these ones? I'm not having it. I'm not having it. I'm not having it, dude. No, 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 no. I, 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 I think <laughs> that you could say that is, uh, maybe she hadn't written a song. That's been recorded. Had, <laughs> That's yeah. Been recorded. But songs before written creatively but again like you can uh, there's so much in her poetry and you could call it a poem and you wouldn't call it a song but there are poems out there that you can take and you can move around and find a song within it even if you're not just singing it line for line and turning it into a song there are poems there that you can do it and yeah I, I feel like that's probably what she where her writing came from but I think, and Questlove, he sounded really shocked and skeptical too, because there's a, there is something about the way she writes that it sounds like she's been, she's done it for years. There is a quality, and not only quality, there's like a, a confidence in her writing that doesn't, you know, like, you know, like, no, but could that not be a confidence in herself? Maybe, maybe. And she does come across really confident. But you know, you know how when you, a lot of debut albums and you listen to them and they're great. And obviously we've done a lot of debut albums, but then you listen to the second and third and you could see that they've become more confident in their writing. She's like that. Like, she's like that from this album. Yeah. That's what, it's got that sort of like, that just like, I know what I'm doing. I've been writing this for ages. Like, but you know what, like, I think part of that comes down to, so when we talked about Erica Badu and her, mm-hmm. her art background and yeah, her, yeah, yeah. seeing things as a, as a, as a full picture, mm-hmm. again, if you've got someone that's got experience on the stage through poetry, through acting, um, and, you know, I heard her talking about her relationship with her mother and how her mum always used to take her out to try different things and to express herself. If you are, have always had your, throughout your life this constant affirmation and this this belief to be yourself and and go out there and speak your truth to a certain extent and you studied the arts and you you have uh, an understanding of because again with her the way she is able to use her voice and touched on it before not just as a powerhouse singer but as a soft gentle singer or the character and the emotion that she can display and evoke in you as a listener like is incredible like she's such a master of yeah. of how she uses it and that for me from my experiences anyway like i feel like i feel like i can i can give a better speech at a, at a charity function because i've been on stage performing 
and and I've done stuff like that. Yeah, of and course. Yeah, if yeah. you if you're used to that and you studied the different areas of the arts, I feel like you can take that. I think that all shows in her as a musical artist, and it's why that why now like music isn't just her thing. And oh she's yeah, probably more well known um, for all her acting yeah. work as opposed to her musical yeah, work. But definitely now, definitely now, and there's yeah. I wasn't surprised to learn that she did a lot of theatre before getting into the music because there is a certain theatricality to not only her voice, but just, just her stage persona. Yeah. Different from Erica's. That's theat- she's theatrical too, but it's it's different. Um, but yeah, that definitely comes across. Great. Good. Good. Just wanted to get it off my chest, man, because I was listening to that. I was like, uh-uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's definitely always been a writer. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, we can definitely agree on that. All right, so third release, um, the way, fifth of June, two thousand and one, written by Scott Andre Harris again. Ash, this song here, I, I, I don't know. I still don't know. Twenty years, it's twenty years. I still don't know how I feel about this tune. All I know is that I don't want Jill Scott singing it. I feel like I don't I don't want to sing in it. Wow. It's a great song. This is what I got, right? I got right, go on. I've got go. written here. I think it's a great song, but but not for Jill. I was like, I hear when I hear this song, I hear Raphael Sadiq sing. It sounds like it's Tony Tony it sounds like a Tony Tony song. It sounds like Andre and Vidal, right? They were just like, man, let's do this Tony Tony sounding joint and we're gonna get like Jill to sing it. And it's a great song, but I just can't get over the fact that it just doesn't to me it doesn't sound like a jill scott song and i that may that may that may sound crazy but i just like every time i hear it i'm just like jill man i don't think this suits you but it's a banger but loads of people like love it way more than i do and i just can't i hear a voice in it i'm just like i just don't it just it, it just doesn't resonate with me at all at all with her singing it i know you look at give me that look i know go on ash it's a banger i know it's a banger it's a great song. This is my tune, man. <laughs> no, my it's tune. it's loads of people's tunes. This is my tune. Like, it's, you, you are set up for it. Like, again, something I always go back to, album placing, it's right in the middle. It's set up to be the peak of your album experience. And it's, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think there are some other really strong songs after it. But as a as a peak of the love story and the way you want to be feeling in a love story. I think this, this exemplifies all of it. I kind of hear what you're saying about it not being a Jill Scott song in terms of like this song here, this is the classic soul song. This is the eighties and seventies soul song on the album. This is the song that, that comes away from all of this, all of the kind of the production choices that I'm talking about being the definition of this sound. But this song here is the old soul sound that the Neo Soul sound is built on, essentially. This is the Anita Baker song. This is the Minnie Ripperton song. This exactly. Is the, yes. you know, this is this is the Denise Williams song of the album. Um, so I get where you're coming from there. That being said, I think she owns it. And I could never hear... You can never hear I could, anyone else. I, I, I could never hear anyone else singing it. When you go to see her live, this is the highlight. The live album, the the live album that dropped after this, 
like this tune uh, obviously i'm a saxophonist so the mike phillips sax solo on the live album just takes the song to another level but it is the tune that it's the sing-along like it is the one it's it's uplifting it's you know it's the way everyone wants to feel when they're in love this brilliant sounds like the song that when i was young in the mid 80s that my dad and mum would play like when my uncles came over and they were having one of their nights and they'd be like this is my jam it's got that like it's like <laughs> it's got that sound you know like when you're young you're like oh i don't get it quite get it like then you get older you're like oh yeah it's a tune that's what it sounds like but yeah she it's a banger and I'm, it's not like i skip it it never gets skipped it's just that mm. like i just don't feel it the way everyone else feels it it's just from because no that- it's fair enough, but, that, that but fair it's, enough. it's it's clearly a it's clearly a banger. I mean, it's a it's a slow jam. I love slow jam, so it, oh, it she is, owns it like she kills her, it. She this is it. like the power of her voice. It really gets to show and shine on this one. In I fact, feel. I'm thinking when I saw her live, uh, probably this one and the one we'll speak about later um, after this are the two highlights from. And this is like going back. I saw a maybe 18 years ago some like long time um but it yeah this one and yeah the other one we'll speak about she absolutely murdered it but then she murders everything live because she's that good yeah. live do you know what i mean she's she's that good so but yeah yeah i'm i'm, I'm fully aware that this is what did she remind she must have did she, she did this on verses right she played this on verses uh, she would have had to. She would I can't remember right. everything she did, but yeah, there's no way that you couldn't play this. That's song. what I was thinking, but I, I can't re- actually remember uh, hearing it. But yeah, this 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 would have been the one. Um, but yeah, again, it just yeah. continues the quality. And I think you're, I think you're actually right, Ash. Uh, in in terms of the track listing, I think that's the last of the strong of the really strong tracks. I think for me, there's only one more after that. That's that you can argue that I, I, I think so yeah I'd agree but, with that but there's one more after that but yeah I reckon you're right that's the last of the heavy hitters as they say mm. alright cool fourth and final release this one Jay why do you think they're still releasing singles like given the album had been out for a while like a good little while and they released so I was surprised when you said the date of the first single like mm-hmm. that's a big gap between the album dropping and the first single dropping so mm-hmm. they've, they've dropped three singles now they've dropped a soft single as well before anything else happened like why do you think they still went for a fourth single I only th- I only think it's um, we're doing some reading up I this this is also on the live album as well and I think it's it's a release, but I think this was more to push the live album. That's the, that's, okay. that's that was the that was the thought. That was the that was the explanation that I was I was getting from like just doing some research because it does seem like a lot. I thought it seemed like a lot from this one album, um, but then when I thought, okay, they were pushing it was on the the live, so that makes sense. So then, so that I was about, I was about to say when I said it's the fourth release, it's it's kind of a cheat really because it's kind of the first release from the live album if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah so in that way it makes it makes sense but for this album probably not 
as a but then the song it's it's definitely a fourth single do you know what I mean it's uh, it's it's this one is probably my favourite my current favourite now I love this tune and she kills this live like kills it live I just the way she sings it man like that dude her husband who she wrote this for man he must have felt like damn because if a woman <laughs> if a woman writes a song like this for me like damn I that's all I can say like it's again it's 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 just like the melody is beautiful the lyrics what she's saying is just like you can't help but feel like wow that's that's it's man it just it just gets me every every time whenever I hear it and um like I say live she just kills it I don't know how you feel about this one Ash but yeah I I love this one to this day like just... you haven't said the name of it Jay have I not Gee, sorry. I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm assuming that everyone listening is like a massive Jill Scott fan. You know the tune I'm talking about. Is he loves me, Lizelle in E flat, son. It's a banger. Oh my gosh. Bad boy tune. My goodness Um, gracious me. Like what I love about this one is I I love the percussion uh, and production Mm. on it. Like the groove. You know, it's it's got so much of that that kind of Timberland, Dark Child, like production essence in it. It's but it's definitely got it's that. So, yeah, so soulful. And but you know what, Michael, this is gonna, this is this is wild as well. But I'm I'm all for the wildness now, right? But when it comes in, right, it's something about the the percussion and the congas or whatever that sound is. It sort of like reminds me of the intro to Liberian Girl. Like it, it yeah, it, it's got that there same, is that. It's got that same vibe, and I'm just like, and I love Liberian Girl, like, and I'm just like, so when it starts, you just like, it just it instantly puts you in a vibe, and you just yeah. Sorry, Ash. Yeah, continue going. No, 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 and it, you know, I I think that's a big part of it. I think the other big part of it is the strings, like the strings and and the way it just um, they they don't they don't make obvious choices with the strings lines and the orchestration of it it kind of it plays off of her and her vocal and the way her vocals go in so it it kind of fills the gap that the gaps that her voice isn't singing and kind of giving it this overall feeling of seriousness Mm -hmm. um and even though it's like a, a happy love song it's actually got got this you know this minor taint to it almost where and it just again it and for me it's not that it makes it a sad song it just no. it makes it serious and make it shows the seriousness of her love for this person and and it's how he makes her feel like so uh, wonderful she, she means that shit it's like you've you you've said it a few times but the thing about her it's like everything she does it comes across as real not like there's no ambiguity there it's very clear what she's <laughs> do you know what i mean like and she means it and you talk about your str- the strings i think this is your your guy um larry gold yeah he uh he uh, uh arranged these strings and was the conductor for the another so, absolute don he is a don um i obviously he did the strings in the way as well and yeah it's you just know it's got that quality in it it's 
what album was it? Was it was it the Roots that he was on as well, uh, or was it? Yeah, it was the Roots. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, he's he's done so much, and he he became the the go to mm. um, go to person for for all of this kind of stuff. But it, it, um, again, just like going back to something we were talking about before, like the the interlude before this song oh is one God. of the most beautiful <laughs> yes. pieces of music yeah, I have. Yeah ever heard in my life yes like that i think it's better yes interlude to set up this song is unbelievable like it's again so simple so real but she just sets the tone Mm -hmm. for what's to come like perfectly like even better than what they did with getting in the way like it it just sets it up for them to dunk it in like it uh, amazing album work and placement of of how you put it and the way they open this album up like it's mad I, uh, sorry yeah. we strain off a little bit but no, what no, i really no, wanted no. to point out was the way that again like she used these interludes to enhance the your experience of hearing the mm-hmm. song and again it's just i, I wish we we were not that I want to go backwards, but that age of just being able to put on an album and not press shuffle or not hear a playlist of songs like to to been able to and I say that as a DJ like being a DJ mm-hmm. you're you're curating a playlist for people to listen to and taking them on a journey through that is something to be said for it. But the art of creating an album and creating a story, I feel like some of the things that they did on this album, this in particular was masterful masterful way of musically telling the story and giving the listener something that they hadn't really experienced before brilliant yeah brilliant. absolutely i can only agree with everything you say there so ash that's four down i think we should do quick best of the rest just yeah so I will say I'm gonna I'm gonna say two quick well three. <laughs> do you remember? But do yeah, you remember yeah. only because uh, during lockdown? Because I don't know if you remember, we were meant to do this album a lot earlier. Um, it was funny. I woke up one morning because I started playing guitar. I woke up one morning and I was like, I came up with this like guitar riff and groove. Like and I'm like, man, I haven't written a song in years. This is a great song. Then you're like, oh yeah. We're gonna do the Jill Scott album. Put on the Jill Scott album. I was like, it's friggin' do you remember? It's friggin' <laughs> I was like, this is terrible. You know when you think you've written a song and you're like, this is a banger. This is I'm back, baby. Like the the hiatus, the the drought is over. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, oh, it's Jill Jill Scott tune. So yeah, mm. just for that alone, just the fact that I thought I had written it, it's going on my best of the rest. And uh, but really, I think the right answer is slowly surely i think is the other right. bad boy tune <laughs> is the, the other right bad boy tune that is the right answer my man what a tune. yeah what a tune. yeah that is a banger banger when you think you're when you think you're done with the album oh my gosh and it's got nothing else to give you that comes in like that that line i don't i don't even know what instrumentation that is 
that's creating that line. I want to say it's a string line, but then sometimes I feel like it might be like some kind of weird wind instrument. Yeah, it sounds like a bit, yeah. Like an oboe maybe with a, I don't know. But yeah, it's a great line. I know another one you're talking about. But sometimes... But the, like, and then the beat, when the beat comes in, like, man, that's the club tune. Like... I I think this could be a release could have been a release Ash. I easily when I, when I listen to it I'm just like yo that's that that was like and a bit to be a fair year. this was the track that you put the rapper on this mm. most on this track mm. would have been wild like it would have gone off like or, you know they could have put they could have put Quelly on there they could have put Common on there like they could have got they could have got anyone on there like and it would have it would have gone off like bad boy tune it, it it doesn't need the rapper doesn't need the rapper at all like she owns it she controls it it's it's wicked but it's it's very hip hop there's with just the way that beat is and again a beautiful combination of stars and she she does this throughout the album like a combination of spoken word with soul a combination of you know classical music with Lizelle like you know it's it's really fully influenced in it and she almost kind of shows off a bit of opera in yeah. in that song in itself exactly. you know and this one where you know the wonderful merge of a hip hop beat over a very soulful gorgeous yeah. sound like yeah. it's, it's always that beat that I come back to on that tune like and it's then the sadness of the storytelling so, oh, man but it's definitely the uh the one that you dance to like if it's on and you're doing something this comes on you're just like yeah you kind of you, you yeah. start moving to because it's got that it's got that driving like that hip-hop beat you like you say it's like that driving rhythm it's it's it's, it's yeah it's cool it's really cool and um yeah i i i I wonder what the thinking was uh, in the record company why this wasn't a release because it's it screams it to me it just screams it and it screams like it should have been like earlier I don't know <laughs> I don't know but there's only so many you could put I suppose but I mean it's yeah I don't know it's, it's, I mean I, I don't know the, the the makeup of of the album and the way it comes together like I just I don't know where you would have put it earlier yeah because I think a lot, a lot of it is like it's carefully constructed, isn't it? It's not like a, it's not like um, Evan Hansley where it's like a, a narrative that's running through it. But you can tell it's uh, the track placing is carefully constructed to convey, yeah, something. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? To convey something. So, yeah, you're right. It probably couldn't, couldn't have gone any anywhere earlier. And because in place of what, really? So yeah, no, and you know, like after the way, like. You know, we we got honey molasses and love rain, and it's 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 going down the kind of the darker love mm. erotic nature that's that's in this album, um, and then you get that that roots interlude which I love, um, the J I L L S E O like brilliant, um, and then you get slowly surely which again perfectly placed, and for me that kind of then finishes the album, then it kind of just goes off into a bit of a blur and a bit of yeah. almost almost feeder filler that's the word I'm looking for yeah. almost like album filler content it definitely peters out it definitely peters out um, but I am fine with that actually because 
we've had so much and i'm i'm not so person, much i'm not a person that sort of you know if there's a if there's 12 tracks on it um i i don't demand that all 12 have to be you know bangers and single worthy do you get what i mean like mm. she this is a great album on account of everything she's given us <laughs> up until slowly surely and that's a lot there's a lot of quality yeah. there you know? so much in it so much like and you think about the time as well 2000 it's still fresh and like we've this is this is our 10th podcast right our 10th neo soul podcast right of albums that we love and again this is just probably the last like because we're saying it does the sound does get a bit samey and we're going to talk about why in a minute why well, i'm going to talk about why in a minute but up until this point it was still fresh sounding this comes out and it's fresh it doesn't sound like anything else you know maybe maybe similar to the root stuff you can tell maybe it's on it's on it's going that way because i'm i'm blaming philadelphia for everything basically my rant is not it's not a rant basically it's just the fact that they they were good musicians but between the roots musicians like james poiser because he flipped flops between them and touch of jazz mm. and the touch of jazz guys they started working with everybody but then a, a lot of those artists were from philly too so Bilal, yeah music soul child but you get you're, you're starting to get that sound and the sound like you say like you said earlier just doesn't sound fresh anymore but it's still great stuff because those guys are quality but it's not the individual nature we started to lose the individual nature of the releases probably after this one you know mm. i mean yeah definitely i i would i would i would say but there was so much talent within those collectives that you know it was hard it's hard not to it was it would have been hard for that not to have happened yeah you know i mean and it's just like um flow tree song uh, say yes that could that say yes could have been on a Jill Scott album. Yeah, I could hear Jill Scott easily, and in some ways, I wish Jill Scott. Was <laughs> <in that album. laughs> Not that I, I love Marsha and Roses, but I just I just think Jill Scott would have killed that tune. But you get what I mean? It's like you start you start getting that kind of thing going on. Mm. But you know, that that I guess that's what happens, especially when, the nature of the beast. Yeah, especially when you've got I mean what a period of time to 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 have um two sort of collectives in philadelphia that individually within those collectives so much talent do you know what i mean like mm. it's 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 mad i mean just the fact that you know you got quest love and james poiser but you didn't got scott storch who just went on to do all kinds of crazy things in hip-hop and r&b and do you know what i mean like yeah. just just it's it's wild it's 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 a it was a wild time um so yeah it was only natural that individuals were going to go off and do their own thing and but in doing that there's still that sound there that is now around with everybody else with loads of other people now they've got that sound mm. which is unfortunate but you know it was going to happen so what can i say so not much of a rant but just like yeah i blame philly for a lot <laughs> But you can blame her for so much goodness though so, so much goodness so much goodness so yeah. Ash let me ask you um, so 20 years on the legacy of not just the album let's talk about Jill Scott because uh, where does she stand for you now 20 years on 
on my debut. One of the the all time all time greats. I don't, I don't think it. I don't think it gets any better than this. Like the, the albums that follow are good. They're not bad, and they definitely have some some moments. You know, Golden is an incredible moment on the second album. Like, and probably like her biggest hit all over. Like, I, I don't think I don't think she has a I don't think she has a better hit. Not necessarily song, but I don't think she has a better hit than that song. Um, but I don't think any of her albums that follow give you any of the standout moments that this album gives you. They give you very few. They just give you really good, solid bodies of work with good music and good songs and good a good vocal performance. But this album, this album, and I don't think it's just the the shock nature of some of the things that she was doing. Shock's a harsh word, but just hearing spoken word like that and hearing the storytelling in the way that she delivered it was something fresh and something new that I don't think we had heard before. But I, I, I don't think it's just that, that that made it stand out. It's just so, so good. So good in the, how she delivers and the way it was all packaged up um, and put together in this album and you know that those first nine tracks uh and you include you include the interludes in that as well because they are like tracks within themselves and even if they are just like setting you up for what's to come next then you could say it's an intro to the following track like i still class them as tracks in themselves even, even the start the very first introduction you know, and the way there's the scratching and the cutting, which obviously jazz was all over, like it's it's a brilliant and you know, and they say, right, we're gonna set that get down and settle down and get into this listening and feeling like well, they're telling you what's coming and you need to prepare yourself for it. And then they give it to you and they deliver. Um so yeah, I think legacy wise, what she did with this body of work will always stand the test of the time what she has gone on to do as an artist and as a spokesperson for not just this scene. Like I, I really feel like us as, as, as two heterosexual men talking about this are probably underselling it. And it probably has so much more value for, you know, millions of women around the world and the stories that she was telling and what she was standing for and, and what she was, was putting out there. Um, I, I think was very brave, very honest, um, and showed a, a confidence in herself that, you know, that other women, I hope, kind of took on and took into their everyday lives. And, you know, she sang about, she sang about them as opposed to what we see with Destiny's Child and Ashanti and, and everything yeah. else, which has its place and has its moment, um, no doubt. But, yeah, uh, like I said, I think yeah, I, I think we're only me, me and you are only touching the surface. I, I think oh, absolutely, so much more yeah. that goes yeah. above our heads for what she's done. Yeah, her, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, there's no way I, I like her significance to to women. Um, definitely, um, probably. It was, um, I think even when I went to see her, it was on account of uh, a female friend of mine. Because I don't think I, 
I don't think I ever would have sort of like just got off my ass and said, I'm going to go see Jill Scott, even though I liked it. I, I don't think I just would have, it just wouldn't have been one that I just would say, yeah, let me go see. Um, but yeah, I'm glad she made me go because, uh, yeah, it was great. And um, what I feel like she says is that it's okay to be multi-layered. And I think not just women can take something away from that. I think everybody can take something away from that. It's Ooh. okay to be angry one time but then it's okay to be vulnerable here and it's okay to be strong here but you know you, you don't need to be a sucker at the same time just because do you know what i mean like it's like it's okay to have your flaws and to be all this stuff and it's just human nature and it's just normal and i think that is that's what i get from a lot of her lyrics do you get what i mean yeah. like i'm not perfect you know i do crazy stuff but you know but that's just that's just me and that's what I got from the, the listen to her on the podcast. I got that she that's just me. In fact, she came across. I haven't seen many interviews with her really, actually, weirdly enough. But she came across exactly how I thought she did. She would. Mm. Um, the way she came across um, when she used to speak in between the tunes at the um, at the concert I saw her at, she just comes across as genuine. Yeah. And what you see is what you get. And yeah, you can't help but gravitate towards someone like that um and it's probably what's kept her relevant for all these years um and some and in some ways more relevant than some of her contemporaries who are a bit more aloof and a bit more like you don't know what they're thinking or you don't or they seem like they might they might be not so much of a nice person or you're you're not sure or, you know what i mean there's like a mystery shrouded where i don't think she's she's not mysterious like that she's just i'm just mm. jill i'm just jill from up there on whatever block in philly she's from and she's like that's just me and i respect that and especially especially if you kind of grew up in the ends as well you kind of you kind of respect that because you kind of there is you probably have, have known someone like her somewhere yeah. before, you know um yeah and i yeah definitely for me i appreciate that about her and i think it's why, like I said, that's why she's still relevant now. Because I think I just think she's real. You said it earlier in the podcast, and I think it still stands now. She's real, <laughs> real talented. <laughs> that's what she's. But, but she's real. Yeah, that's that's my take on it. Mm. Mm. No, I can't not agree. I don't. I don't think. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's more for her musically, unfortunately. But uh, I think what she has given us. She don't need to give us anything else. Like she good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. She can just tour for the rest of her days now and just do her acting stuff, right? Which yeah. is a place that I would love to be. <laughs> I know, <laughs> you know. A, a few podcasts ago, I was saying like, um, I can't remember which one I was talking about. But I was complaining about, um, you know, careers winding down and blah blah blah. But really, truly, if you've got like a great body of work and you could just tour for the rest of your days. That sounds like that sounds like great times, really. Yeah. See, I'm such a flip flop. I just go back and forth. Anyway, Ash, I think that's the end. Yeah, of I the tenth. So. That's the end of the tenth. Great album, people. Um, I know some of you, a lot of you, I, I imagine, like, like know the albums that we're speaking about. But for those of you who are new to New Yourself, this is again, this is a this is a must listen. This is like if we actually now we've probably spoke about like the 
the the the trinity of uh d'angelo maxwell and erica badu but if they're <laughs> if it, there's an argument that maybe they should be like instead of a trinity maybe like a like a, a diamond maybe like a fourth person to add to it and probably this album might be that because you 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 do have um you do have lauren hill miseducation but i always think that's that kind of sits to the left of neo soul even though it kind of is neo soul it sits to the left but i think for like straight neo soul probably this might be the fourth album in in the whole after after those three what do you say ash potentially potentially i think if you've got if we go to the football metaphor and if you've got messi and ronaldo at the top Mm. and then you have your your next tier of your Mm -hmm. your hazards um and that i think if i think it's in that next tier Mm. i I still think those three i I think again we, we talked about the second wave and i feel like this second wave has its own trinity to a certain extent yes and i think she's the key part of that trinity in the way that d'angelo is the key part of the first trinity well she's definitely the 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 she's at the she's definitely at the forefront i mean not just because she was first but just because she's just she's just it's just an incredible body of work an incredible artist and an amazing like an amazing spokesperson for that scene and that time you know, but what she, she did. what she also does, what this album also does, it heralds the change of the, of the sound, doesn't it? It's sort of like yeah. says, like you said earlier, it's this is this is neo soul, but it's kind of fresh. <laughs> it's kind of fresh now. It's kind of kind of a bit different. Um, so yeah, that's all good. Good stuff. Go listen to it, people. Ash, mm-hmm. do you want to do what Ash is listening to? What did, what do we call it? It's been two months to the last one. Ash, I don't know. Ash recommends. Do you want to do one or? I've got one. I've got one. Um, do it. Do it. Yeah, I think I sent it to you as well. Salt. Oh yeah. S a u l t. Salt. Like a uh, uh, an underground. Nobody knows who they are, but actually everyone knows who they are. Like they're basically <laughs> they're guys that work with. They've worked with Marco Kiwanuka mm-hmm. and um, Cleo Soul. Uh, Cleo Soul is actually all over this actually I think it's their kind of production team um, mm. UK based but very of the time uh, with some of the stuff that they're talking about in it um, lots of classic soulful sounds as well as very Afrocentric beats um, and grooves to go with it but it's it's a brilliant amazing body of work Um which I strongly encourage everyone to go out and listen to um, and check out. It's it's awesome. It's awesome. Can't stop listening to it. What's my my tune? I just want to dance. Yeah, I just want to dance. But there's another one as well called You Know It Ain't, which is like an interlude. Mm. Amazing. You're all about the interludes today, Ash. (laughs) This You Know It Ain't, in the conversation that's going on around Black Lives Matter, Mm. You know it ain't, um, I think it's something very much that a lot of people will be able to recognize and appreciate and have a smile on their face about because it's the truth. <laughs> you know it ain't. Um, but yeah, I'll let you kind of discover that for yourself. But yeah, Salt, S-A-U-L-T. The album is called Untitled Brackets Rise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 
bigness bigness indeed cool good so that brings us to the end mm. sorry about the long wait people but life happens some stuff's going on sometimes life happens and uh yeah it's been that one i know we all understand 2020 has been a trip so, <laughs> 2020 has definitely been a trip so ash just like to say thank you yeah uh well done, mate. folks hit us up in the usual places ashley can you do them please because i can never remember them uh well just look up reflections podcast we are on we well yeah first things first share the podcast with people if you're listening to us on itunes give us a rating please give us a recommend give us a share any of that kind of stuff is good listen to us on spotify you can follow us as well so that way you get updated when the next episode comes out which knowing us could be any time yeah so just hit that and you'll be notified of when it's coming and by the way and by the way i look at the data i know there's people listening so you people stop being silent like comment say something anything (laughs) because i know you're listening i know you're out there um so yeah on instagram we are reflections music podcast so you can come and find us there um and i'll be trying to do my best to start up some more conversations over there because i really don't do enough um and we are also on twitter if mm-hmm. i can find the handle i think it's reflection music one which i don't know why it's set up as that because it's not what i set it up to be <laughs> you know yeah yes, reflection reflections reflections muse one mus one yeah which is long so yeah but anyway we're there we'll post stuff on there come and get in touch come and get involved um yeah talk to us about the music tell us what you think if we are talking a load of nonsense um and one is the magic number is the best song on this jill scott album it's not but if someone out there thinks it is come and tell us isn't it? i would would come and say it i would love that (laughs) you know it would create beef instantly i'd be like what are you saying (laughs) what are you saying or yeah yeah but But yeah please please do please get in touch and uh, and yeah, look out for the next episodes coming up next week. Another another classic coming up. Which again, if you're a fan of this type of music, I think you're gonna enjoy us talking about it. Basically. Yeah, and you know, and you know, um, we're saying it's classics. They're classics. That so the ten albums we've done, we're saying they're classics. But I would love for people to come and tell me or tell us that they're not classics and why they're not and why something else should be in the ten. And these aren't the best ten. This is this is all chronic- chronological order. Most of them, mm. all of them, being chronological, right? Pretty much. We might have even got up a little bit. I think but... maybe maybe around yeah. Eric Badu, Eric Benet, and Simon Pat. Yeah, I think we've just. I think we've jumped over one at a moment that okay. we're holding off talking yeah. about. Oh, have we? Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty oh. sure Voodoo's already out, or it might not be. Voodoo out is out. Voodoo is out. Yeah. So we we are holding on to that one it will be coming we just need to start talking about the second wave before we go back to the the trinity and discuss yeah. that album that album is going to be what you get to listen to over christmas <laughs> when you're off work that will will hold that conversation for then because that's a big conversation video is going to be video is going to be ah oh, it's going to be mental it's gonna be it's gonna be mental for me. I don't even know how Ashley feels, but for me, oh, I my maybe we should do a live mate of that. Oh my, maybe my maybe, maybe we could do like a live Zoom oh, and like gosh. we do our own one, but then we have a live Zoom and we invite we have like a Zoom party, a Zoom listening like we have to party. and it 
That'd be cool. And you know what? Considering it's... I'll just say it now, and it's not giving anything away. Like, I've spoken about how I feel about it. Considering it's deemed like a bona fide classic, it's... I've never seen an album that's everyone knows it's a classic, but divides opinion in such a way like Voodoo does. Mental. Mm. And I can't wait to speak about it. Because I'm... I've... My... My... My feelings are crazy all over the place. I'm just torn. Yeah. Torn, but yeah, still, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Ash, it's been great. It's been great. Nice. It was, too, it's been too long and it was nice to get Jill Scott, Jill Scott out there because this nice one, one to come back to. It was, it's a great one to come back to. And it's, it's, it's a great one to be, uh, to, to be listening to a lot. And because I've been rinsing it a lot, and it's, it's it was nice to, it's a it's a it's an album that you can rinse, because, mm. like you say, back to back bangers. But my man, thank you very much. Brilliant. Thank you, people, for listening. Yeah. Really appreciate it. And yeah, we'll catch you later. We will definitely see you next time. Take care.